Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. The Economist. From The Economist in London, this is Money Talks, a weekly conversation around themes in the worlds of business, finance, and economics. I'm Stan Pignal, the banking editor. And this week, it's just two of us. I'm joined by Ludwig Siegler, our technology editor and co-author in this week's print issue of a detailed look at the pornography industry, the theme of today's show. Ludwig, uh, your piece is about an industry upended by the internet, like the rest of the media business, really, from newspapers to video and music. Whereas porn used to be tricky and so quite expensive to get your hands on, it's now abundant on the internet. You have these adult equivalents of YouTube that stream adult content for free. So like other parts of the media business, porn is trying to find a new model. Let's start by finding out just just how big this industry is. Truth is, nobody really knows. There's no kind of Gartner or Forrester or any of these kind of market research companies that really look into and trying to understand how big it is. But there are indications that it's actually surprisingly small and really, really big. Why why surprisingly small? Uh, We've talked to people who know the industry who say it's like $8 billion uh, uh, globally a year, which is small because most of the stuff out there is free. But, I mean, in terms of eyeballs or or views or or downloads, it's absolutely huge. There are estimates that the number of porn pages is between 700 and 800 million and one of the big porn sites, uh, Pornhub, uh, claims that it had almost 80 billion downloads of videos last year. Uh, part of the reason porn's an interesting industry to look at, Ludwig, is that it's been a pioneer in the media business, for example, around online advertising or getting people to submit credit card details. I mean, you know, raw market forces are at play. Yeah, definitely. So it's an industry where anything goes. And if it works, it gets widely copied. At the same time, there's other reasons for that. Regulation, for example. The reason why porn sites were among the first to use credit cards to kind of sell their wares online was because they were forced to do this before with phone sex. So phone sex was allowed in the U.S., but only if you had the caller kind of type in his credit card number so to prove uh, his age. Right. And so they had the technology, they had the idea, and so it was only a short step to, to, to use it for, for, for porn size. Uh, another thing that he seems to have pioneered is this concept of freemium. So you get sometimes quite a lot uh, for free, but then you need to pay for specialized content or, or add-ons. And in the porn business, the piece describes that essentially standard uh, adult fare uh, you can find for free on these tube sites. Uh, but if you want something premium, for example, uh, then you need to pay extra for that. So as you rightly pointed out earlier on, porn used to be very expensive. And so what the internet has done is basically created abundance. So once these sites were online and they sold their wares, these wares were copied. And what would emerge was a pool of free content. And that pool of free content is now on just tube sites. And these tube sites are huge in terms of eyeballs. So what other companies are trying to do is kind of use the traffic of these porn sites and buy the traffic of these porn sites and then sell something that is more special. For example, one company is selling kind of celebrity tapes, uh, all that. So, so you have these huge platforms and some companies are trying to make a business by creating some kind of scarcity that people are willing to pay for. 
And Ludwig, you talk about a, a vampiric ecosystem between the owners of these free tubes and the companies that are trying to sell services on top of them. Yes. So, I um, mean, the tube owners have a balance to strike. How much do they squeeze the pay side owners? How much do they give them? How much do they charge for the advertising? The tubes need new content, even if they don't charge for it. So, yes, they're trying to push the envelope by forcing those pay sides to give them content, which they can, of course, give away for free but not too much, so that these pay sites can make some money and can produce new content. That's not a million miles away from the metered paywall approach that some media companies were using. In fact, The Economist uses, uh, where you get for free, you'll get a certain number of articles per month in the case of, of The Economist or the FT or The New York Times. But then if you want more than that, you need to pay. I think the analogy is not the paywall. The analogy is kind of uh, instant articles on Facebook or Snapchat, these big platforms which now increasingly want media companies to give them content so they host them on those platforms. And that's what the tube side are doing, asking the pay sites to give them some content so they can push it to their customers immediately. But again, there's kind of a balance to strike. You have to allow the pay sites to make some money in order for them to, to be able to produce new content. Otherwise, as a tube site, this type of content has a very long shelf life, but they have to refresh in, in, to some extent. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it, it feels like a very global business, but actually um, local people are interested in local porn, it, it seems. Uh, we have a, a chart in, in the print edition that, that looks at the most searched terms uh, in each country, but it specifically excludes nationality-related terms. And I've had a look at the, the figures with uh, nationality, and Canadians will search for Canadian porn, and Australians will search for Australian porn, and Italians will search for Italian porn. So it's a global business, but, but with local characteristics. Yes, and we had tried to figure out why that is, and we couldn't. And particularly, that's the taste. So, so at least on that side on Pornhub, that the most used search term is their nationality. What was also interesting is some of the challenges uh, the porn industry faces are, are just very generic, and they're the same uh, challenges that anybody uh, would face. One of them was they have a talent problem on the technical side, with so many startups looking for programmers, for example. Uh, porn sites that used to find them quite easily are now finding it much more difficult. So uh, Fabian Tuman, the guy who tried to monopolize the porn industry, and he's, he's since left the, the business, he told us that early on it was no problem for him to find good programmers, good developers. Uh, apparently that was something sought after. But now with all these, these, these startups and Facebook and what have you, these big companies, the war for talent has, has heated up quite a lot. So good programmers tend to work for these companies or create their own startups. And that's a huge problem for this business. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, speaking to senior bankers, they have exactly the same problem of, of senior programmers who once were quite happy to work for banks, now wanted to work for, for startups. Let's look a little bit at the, the threats and opportunities uh, for porn. One of the threats, and it seems like a very, very big one, is that some of their key partners that allow these tube sites and others to exist stop doing business with them, uh, perhaps to satisfy pressure groups. So, for example, they rely on Google to generate traffic for them. They rely on Visa and MasterCard to process payments uh, and also on governments to, to tolerate them. That, that can change, right? That definitely can change. Filtering requirements are, yeah, I mean, that the British government, I think they're thinking about making that mandatory that the ISPs have to have the, the filter on. I think American Express already, you can't use American Express to pay for porn. You can use MasterCard and Visa. That may change. If that changes, of course, the flow of money into that industry will be even more complicated. Okay, they could try to use Bitcoin, but that that's kind of a minority program. And there's Google. I mean, right now, uh, I mean, the dirty secret of Google, if you go to Google Video, you can get all this stuff. You shouldn't try it by me. You can. And uh, it seems to me that's, uh, for many people, the most efficient way of finding 
what they want to find. Okay. And finally, uh, a look at the opportunities. I mean, obviously, the big one is more and more people are on the internet. The connections are getting better and better. So the tube sites are more and more accessible. Uh, another one you were talking about is is virtual reality and kind of associated adult content that, that can be generated through that. Yeah. So what's happening, I mean, the, in particular, Thielman said that it seems that the industry is settling down. Nothing is happening. There's a new stable structure. So these tube sites and then some services kind of trying to benefit from the traffic uh, the tube sites are, are generating. But there is a lot of excitement, a lot of hope that virtual reality is going to kind of be the new thing in online porn and will kind of get people to pay again. I'm not sure. Depends on who you talk to. I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite clear what the big difference is, whether the economics really change once you have virtual reality. Ludwig, thanks very much. That's all we have time for this week. Uh, you can find more coverage of uh, pornography in our print edition uh, this week. We have five pages on this, uh, three of them uh, on what online pornography is doing to sexual tastes and to youngsters' minds, uh, and then two of them on the uh, business issues that we just discussed. You can find all that at economist.com, along with more business, finance, and economics coverage. In London, this is The Economist. The Economist. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.